This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host, Frank Santopadre. Our guest this week is a singer, actor, record producer, and Grammy-winning recording artist who's recorded over 60 studio albums, played to sold-out venues all over the world, and has conquered all forms of popular music, including swing, big band, pop, jazz, and the great American songbook. He's recorded songs by the greatest composers and lyricists of all time, including Sammy Kahn, Cole Porter, The Gershwins, Michelle Legrand, and Alan and Marilyn Bergman. He's earned two Grammys for Best Male Vocal Performance with the singles Lollipops and Roses and Bacharach and David's Wives and Lovers. In a career that started when he was still a teenager, he's gone on to accomplish just about everything an artist can do in show business, appearing in TV series and motion pictures, hosting his own internationally syndicated variety show, performing at Carnegie Hall, the Kennedy Center, and the White House, recording popular theme songs for film and television, including, of course, the theme to The Love Boat, and working alongside legends and icons like Dean Martin, Judy Garland, Sammy Davis Jr., Jack Benny, Bob Hope, Jackie Gleason, just to name a few. Frank Sinatra himself said, Jack is one of the major singers of our time. Mel Torme called him the greatest pure singer in the world, and the New York Times called him arguably the most technically accomplished male pop singer. His newest album is Every Other Day I Have the Blues, co-produced by the legendary Tom Scott and featuring a 50-piece orchestra. Frank and I are pleased to welcome to the show a performer who'll celebrate his 65th year in show business next year 
and a man who also does one of the best Tony Bennett impressions in the biz, as well as a Walter Brennan, apparently, the legendary Jack Jones. <laughs> that's, that's more than I ever would have wanted to know about myself. Hi, Jack. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. By, by the way, the Walter Brennan comes from, I saw a clip of you. We were talking about doing deep research dives. I saw a clip of you on an old What's My Line from 1967 or so. Yeah. You were the mystery guest, and you were faking out the uh, the panelists by doing a dead-on Walter Brennan impression. Do you have any memory of this? Yes, I do, and I have the clip at home. It's, it's quite, quite funny to see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's it's but a perfectly I, serviceable Walter Brennan. But I can't do the Walter Brennan impression because it's it's just off. It's a little off. Uh huh. But we're not on national television. But we're, no, no, this doesn't count. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you can get off on the I get a little <laughs> get a little off on the show, but I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I better shut up. <laughs> And now, one thing, jumping back and forth like we do on this show. We before, do. Before our listeners uh, come to the studio with uh, burning torches and pitchforks, uh, please mention your father and and just some of what he's done. Well, um, he uh, starred in the original Showboat. Mm-hmm. In the movies, we'll go back to that now, and so yeah. start go from there. And um, and he did a, a lot of lot of wonderful uh, uh, comedy movies. Uh, I can't name them all, but uh, the the one that really made him famous was when um, MGM wanted to change it up a little bit after the, uh, Jeanette McDonald had done so many movies with Nelson Eddy. So they, my dad was under contract. They said, "Well, let's bring Jones in and." And, and do a movie with him, and it was called Firefly, and the Donkey Serenade was in that movie, and yep, and that really made him famous. And anyway, he recorded that the night that I was born. That's interesting too. Wow! And this, yeah. of course, was the great <laughs> Alan Jones, right? Who who worked with the Marx Brothers and Abbott and Costello? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Abbott and Costello—that's an interesting story. They, they, they were at Universal, and they. And my dad had, uh, you know, it was his movie, and they they called him. They said we got we got to, a couple of comics we want to try out and, and give him a give him a shot in the movie. And they wrote a couple of things and they, they cut to him and to them in the movie. And if you buy the movie now, or when I went to buy the movie myself, uh, they had top billing because they became such big stars. <laughs> one night, one night <laughs> in the tropics. They took yeah, they just, yeah. just took took that away from them, you know. Now, but not, not on purpose. Did you ever meet Abbott and Costello or the Marx Brothers? I, I met uh, uh, Costello. Uh, I, I used to see him uh, quite a bit at one time. Um, uh, but but Abbott, I didn't 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 meet. But uh, they 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 just were wonderful. I. And, and my dad did a whole guest shot on their show, and they had a network show, and mm-hmm. I have that clip at home. I just about have every clip that ever was made now. 
I have a record of you being on. I was telling Gilbert, Jack. I have a record of you being on a Steve Allen show in the in the fifties, fifty eight, which I think would have been the year before Lou passed with Costello. Do I have, do I have that right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. 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 How about that? And I went well, on that. I, I went on that show because uh, I recorded a Steve Allen song. I was unknown totally, and um, he wrote a song. And he wanted somebody to hear it. And so he asked me to come and be on the show. The song, ironically, was called What's the Use? <laughs> and But we did it, and I had a wonderful time with him. We became friends after that. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit, too. You were telling me on the phone, Jack, and we'll go, we'll go all over the place, but just to cover a little bit about your pop, too, that, that and in those days, he made the two films for MGM, effectively replacing Zeppo in a night at the opera and a day at the races. And he's in what I was saying to Gilbert is arguably the most famous comedy scene in the history of cinema, which is the stateroom scene. Oh yeah. yeah. In a night at the opera. Uh, but you told me he went on tour with them too. Well, they, 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 uh, uh, my father told me that they rehearsed all, all the movies on the road and, uh, and then, you know, with exceptions, and then they came in and and, and filmed it, and um, and they, I don't think they had Margaret Dumont on the move you know, on the road, but uh, <laughs> probably not. But I, I loved or Sig Roman. Uh, <laughs> but but I loved the line. Uh, um, uh, I forgot the line that she he said to her. Oh, here they, they got the check. And 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 he, he got the check. He was had, had, having dinner with Margaret Dumont. He said, he grabbed the check and he said, he looked at it. He said, "What well, if, if I were you, I wouldn't pay this." Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Did your dad, did your dad ever regale you with stories about the boys? I know you later became friends with Bill Marks, who we had on this show, Harpo's son. Yeah, uh, but he didn't tell me too many stories. Then. No, uh, but uh, yeah, Bill and I became friends in the desert and uh, worked together. I did a whole, uh, uh, at the McCollum Theater, I did a tribute to him towards the end of the show and I showed the whole clip in the state room and yeah. um, I said, I said, here are our fathers who are in heaven. That's sweet. Uh, and you worked with him. I mean, when you were a teenager, Gilbert was referencing it in the intro. You, you were on stage with your dad and I'm trying to get the chronology right at the Thunderbird hotel you were 18 19 i was 19 19 and my dad asked, asked me if i wanted to come and do a thing on stage with him and see if i because he knew i wanted to be a singer i said well this would be a chance to see if you like doing that you know in in, in the relative relative big time and uh i said sure and i used to vocalize all day long and when i got on stage i had no voice Wow, <laughs> but I was, I was, I was, you know, that's that's all I wanted to do was sing. What was and the act like you and your dad together? Well, he would bring me on and introduce me as um, his father's grandson. I like that. And then um, I would sing a song with him, and then he then he'd say, "Go ahead and do a solo," and I would do whatever. And um, and while I was singing, he'd, he'd sit on the side of the stage and read a paper. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. 
and you you once made an appearance on, well, I'm sure a few times on Ed Sullivan. And Ed Sullivan was known for like just, he had a lot of talent and charm and personality on the show, but he was no part of that. All the other guests had the <laughs> talent. What are you saying? Ed, you're saying Ed, Su- Ed Sullivan had no talent, Gilbert? Yes, yeah. He was like, he he had an eye for talent, but he had no talent and and zero, his personality. No charisma. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah not, there wasn't a person there. And you told a funny story about an appearance you made on Ed Sullivan. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was. A wonderful moment, but he was always getting things a little bit off. You know, when he, he introduced um, Dolores Gray, who was a, a, a wonderful Broadway star, and she was appearing in town. He wanted to do a plug for her, so he said, "You sit in the audience, and I'll introduce you." So it got to that moment, and he said, "Now, here's a, here's a wonderful lady out here in the audience, currently starving on Broadway." <laughs> that's fantastic and and then he said something about your father yes he did but uh, in in uh, during rehearsals and we were um, on a break and he was sitting there looking at his script and i I was coming by he says now (laughs) jocko He called me that all the time. I, Jocko. Now, Jocko. <laughs> yeah. Now, wasn't your father Welsh? I, I said, yeah, he still is. <laughs> so he, he started laughing. I never saw him laugh before. And he was, and he said, no, 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 fine. Now, tonight, when I say that to you on the air, you say, you say to me what you just said. And I said, okay. And so I worried about it all day. And and uh, he kept winking at me as we passed each other all day long. Don't forget there, Jocko. <laughs> so I went on the air, and I'm getting a little nervous about it. But I, I did, and he's supposed to do it between my two songs. So I finished my first song, and um, I waited for him to do the, the joke. And he said, now, Jocko. I remember the key word is wasn't. He said, now, Chaco, isn't your father Welsh? So we just, <laughs> we just stared at each other. And the audience just stared at us and nothing happened. And so then all I could think to say was, yeah, Ed, he still was. <laughs> That's good. You flipped it. <laughs> I'm interested in your childhood, Jack. Too. Uh, you, you, you're. I guess you. They would call you born in the trunk, a little bit, being that you were a showbiz kid, and your mom was the actress Irene Hervey. Gilbert was fascinated to know that she worked with Bela Lugosi and Lionel Atwill. Because I'm in love with monster movies. Oh, oh that's good. But yeah, it's, they're fun. They're fun. <laughs> but and. Um, she, she had a significant career. I mean, she's in Destry Rides again. She worked with uh, oh, yeah. with Lionel Barrymore, with with uh, with Robert Donat, with uh, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Yes, and, Emmy and, nomination. Uh, Alan Ladd. Alan Ladd. Hey. There you go, Alan Ladd. Yeah. 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 At, at what point in your development did you realize these people are in show business? 
I'm the, I'm the, I'm the son of two famous people. It, it was very early in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, but he, he, he put me in the act in England at the, at the, at the, at the Palladium. He did a, a, the donkey serenade, and, sure. and there, was a, there was a mule act. There was a, a, a pony act in the show. And so he had phony ears made for the, the pony, and now it was a mule, and he sang to it. Uh, and I was the voice of the mule off stage. With my, <laughs> yeah. at, at what age? At uh, eight or ten, somewhere wow. in there. Wow. Okay. So you're Did you right put in. on a voice for the horse? No, I just had a child's voice, and that's what he wanted. So you, I were couldn't, th- you were you were thrown right in. I couldn't win any, but I could talk. And did you have discussions with with either parent about about show business as a career? I mean, you were getting a taste of it at a at a very early age, eight and eight and nine. Uh, yes, I did, and I talked to my mother. I borrowed uh, two hundred dollars from her to to have uh, head charts made arrangements on my first act, and I was going to go and and sing, and. Um, but I was working in the gas station, mm-hmm. and, uh, and th- thank God for that guy. He would, he would keep rehiring me after I go out, and, and I couldn't make a living as a singer. But um, one of the funny moments about that was after I I, I had started recording, um, my first record, or the first record I heard on the air, I almost drove off the road in my car. Oh, that's a that's great. And, and but I was working at the gas station, and this this guy came in, and, and it was a, I think it was in June, and and he had his top down, and he was playing the, the radio, and then I'm wiping his windshield, and he he was standing there, and I, and I heard, and my record came on, and it played, and I just couldn't tell him that it was, that was me. He wouldn't, <laughs> he, he wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> yeah, sure, kid. <laughs> and that's that's the first time you heard yourself on the radio because we always yeah. ask musicians on the show what what was the initial exposure the, the, well, the, that the was the second time the, oh the, the lightning bolt the first time it was kmpc in hollywood and they were playing my new stuff and that's how i got to know them but um uh, the first time i was just driving by myself and i almost drove off the road when i heard it and did your parents see you hit stardom Oh yeah. Well, yeah. well, yeah, da- yeah, yeah, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And they what they must have been very excited about that. Um they were uh and uh, uh, my dad didn't like my approach because he was a legit singer and most of the his production was was at a high volume, you know. And um was he up? Was he a trained to be a, a, as an opera oh, yeah. singer? Oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh. he, classically trained. Yeah, he was wonderful, and so, but he didn't, he didn't like my demo record that I I made, and I made it at Capitol instantly, mm-hmm. and so I, um, I played it for him, and he just looked at me and he said, "I don't like that namby pamby kind of singing." <laughs> <laughs> So I knew I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that leads me to the uh, another part of of a of a, of a story that, that kind of connects to that, Jack. Which you were you were telling me yesterday. You were performing with him years later. 
And, oh. and, uh, or you were, or he had come to see you in New York. He had come to see me. Yeah. But, and I, 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 I performed with him in the beginning of my career, and we'll get into that maybe that he he was in my act for years. Yeah, you, ret- you returned the favor. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, he came to see me at the Waldorf, and um, he he came up to me afterwards, and he said, "Son, I can tell you now. After I saw that performance tonight." I never liked you until now. And he was serious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I never liked you. <laughs> Jack, Jack, you got to give him points for candor. No, <laughs> I didn't like him. I didn't like him when I liked him. So, so he was, he was a purist. You could say about the kind of music he was, he was trained to a- sing. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And so what was influencing you as a kid? Sin- Sinatra, T- Tony Bennett. I mean, what was, uh, well, but what, what, it, what it, turns it, you on at that age? What turns your head? Uh, I can't say it turned me on, but I was, uh, you know, I was conscious of male singers, mm-hmm. and uh, because I wanted to be one, and I just had, had certain people I admired, um, and would I would record with my my friend Manuel Sanchez, uh, who would bring his guitar and we'd play and sing and after school, and it was great, and and make. Uh, records on uh, on this uh, you know reel to reel tape recorder, mm-hmm. and uh, but I listened to uh, a whole bunch of uh, Torme, but Sinatra was was obviously the the great uh, uh, um, what's Inspira- the word inspiration inspiration yeah. yeah is there a sinatra story because i knew you knew nancy is there a story about frank playing the a local school auditorium do i have this right yeah um nancy and i were chatting in the uh in, on the, on the play, where we had lunch at school at uni high mm-hmm. and uh, she said hey jonesy why don't you come down to the auditorium and, and there's a, and the assembly and i said okay and i went down there and and the curtain opened and her dad came on and did a whole show for us which i thought was wonderful of him about that yeah Gee. really really great and so that was the moment that i had really decided i wanted to be a singer and of and, course we said in the intro about the incredible compliments that both Frank Sinatra and Mel Torme paid you. And what what did that feel like? Because I can't imagine two more respected and admired men than that. Also, Gilbert's never received a compliment in show business. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of an alien concept yes. to him, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It's wonderful. I didn't. I didn't. Um, it, it didn't happen all at once, and so every bit by bit, I would get complimented. And Mel Mel complimented me on. I forgot why where he said that, but we worked together a lot. We we did a whole tour together for three months, and we had a, a great time. Um, and I was a pallbearer, unfortunately, at his. Mm. Uh, but um, anyway. It, but when a, when a singer gets a compliment like that from the well, greatest, start, the greatest pop singer, arguably the greatest pop singer of all time, well, or popular yeah, singer, 
And well, Frank, uh, I was very shy about Frank, and and we went through um, a, um, a short time where we weren't really um, we weren't hitting it off or anything. But it didn't, didn't matter. I, I stayed away. But then we um, became friends later on. But what he did that I didn't realize he was doing when he when he tried to retire. Um, they did ask him, and I have uh, people that were witness to it. Um, they, they said, "Well, who, who do you think is going to going to take your place someday?" And he said, uh, "Well, if he if he picks the right material, I think Jack Jones could do it." That wow! Well, I didn't yeah. hear that till, till later. It's it's documented. <laughs> That's a wow moment. Yeah. It's documented. I wrote it down on my desk. And, and now and- you. Go ahead, Gil. Sorry. Oh, no. Frank Frank and I were talking today, and it was like we were trying to think of names of people you have not worked with. Yes. Yeah. It just seems like you have worked with everybody in show business. And and throughout the show, I'd like to just spit names at you. And okay. uh, like, for instance, Jack Benny. What do you remember about him? Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of fun and and, and we did the, the whole expo 67 up in canada mm-hmm. and um so i i opened for him and, and we had a, a wonderful time and he there was a whole thing that that was written for uh uh, uh dennis day that they they yes Pulled out of the trunk for me, and it was just funny working with him. And he's, he, he would say, I'd say, say, Jack, uh, he, he, he said, oh, I, I said, hey, Jack, can I give you a little criticism? And then he'd, <laughs> he'd, he'd, and then he'd do this long take and silence and say, well, no one is too big in this business not to take criticism. And so, well, what is it? I said, you know that that take you do that long take you look you look over here and and so I did it over to the right and and so what he in his reaction to my doing his take was a take and he did the take over the other side <laughs> <laughs> and it was so funny. <laughs> did you find him to be a generous performer, Jack? He was known for for being uh, generous and and selfless enough to let other people shine and get the laugh. Absolutely. And we did a sketch on his show that I, that I play all the time for friends. They, they, want, they want to hear it or see it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was just, uh, and, and it's, it's, it must have originally been written for uh, Dennis Day because I, it was just right. a, kind of a stupid guy. And, uh, and I was a, um, a t- school teacher. He was a, a, the principal and I was a school teacher who, who was moonlighting because he wasn't paying me enough. And uh, and so I, I had a, a job on a car wash, and then later on I, would, I would delivered papers, and it, the, the two of us had a great time doing it. It's a very funny sketch. You never heard. We've done four hundred of these shows, and we've talked to a lot of veteran performers, and you we've never heard a negative word or a disparaging word about Jack Benny. Oh, I can't see how you would. He was yeah. a very very nice man. Yeah, there there are performers that. It seems like everyone we spoke to hated, but boy, Jack Benny, you cannot find one 
a bad thing about him. But no. but since you brought it up, Gilbert, we we haven't heard we haven't heard too many nice things about Joey Bishop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I think that's the answer right there. I, I was on his sitcom, and uh, <laughs> he was fine with me, but, boy, he was not treating other people very well. But um, it, it, we, it was fun. But it, uh, before he died, I, I called him and said, uh, hey, Joey, it's Jack Jones. And he said, you still alive? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> He really, I'm not making that up. Oh, that was a, a nice, that was a nice yeah, thing yeah. for you to do. We'll, we'll ask you about. I wasn't. I wasn't until you said that. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, Jack. We've done 400 shows. We've we've talked to a lot of people. Uh, I guess Danny Kay and Joey Bishop are the two people that we've heard the most negative things about. Yeah, I, I worked with Danny Kay, but I never saw that. Uh, yeah, we, that's good. We, uh, that was in behind the scenes. Oh, put one in the check in the positive column for Danny Kay, Gil. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Did it, when when you did the demo for Capital and and you were at Capital briefly, I mean, w were they trying to turn you into a rock singer, or is that an oversimplification of what happened? Well, it, rock was uh, it kind of called it rockabilly. You know, they wanted me to be mm -hmm. um, something like that, and uh, and so they got rid got rid of me real fast because um, it just wasn't what. Uh, Boyle Gilmore, who was a wonderful producer there, he he believed in me, but but uh, it wasn't working. But but. So uh, I was gone, and then I was in on the road. I was up in San Francisco, and Pete King, who was the Pete King Corral, uh, heard me, and he was working with uh, Cap Records in New York. And he called them. He said, "I think I found you a boy singer." So they signed me, and and Dave Cap knew what to do with me. And that's and then you say to Cap, and what 20, 20 albums. Or something like something that for, like for that, Cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long, long, productive run. But Jim and I did have a laugh. Uh, our, our friend Jim Della Croce, who works with uh, Jack and who was instrumental in setting this up, is on is on the Zoom with us. Jim is Jim is listening in, and and uh, he knows I do this crazy deep research. And I found this wonderful movie, I believe from 1959, called Jukebox Rhythm. That's right. Where they, I guess, I guess at that point in your career, there were others who said, "Well, this guy could be." Another, he could be a, a a matinee idol like his pop, or he could be a a, a rocker. He, well, so, first, first of all, you mentioned Jim Della Croce, yeah, uh, who I work with quite frequently, as you know. And uh, and uh, so I, I I pressed a button on my phone. I said, "Call Jim Della Croce," and Siri said, "I can only call one person at a time." <laughs> <laughs> like that. It just struck me. It's so funny. So anyway, um, Jim's laughing. So anyway, the, what the, the question was again? What, About jukebox uh, rhythm and and, yeah, the, and and the legendary uh, producer Sam Katzman. Well, what the the, the story is that I, I was visiting my mother on the set um, uh, of a movie called. Uh, uh, 
going steady. Mm-hmm. And Molly B was a star, the young girl, the star. And um, and so I was visiting, and I didn't know that Sam Casfin saw me and said, I think he probably said, this kid looks inexpensive. <laughs> and, so, and so he he wanted me to do jukebox rhythm and <clears throat> excuse me so um I, I my agent from mca took me in there and the and the i sat outside and he went in and talked to sam katzman they came out he said he wants you to sign a seven-year deal Starting at two fifty a week and ending up at seven fifty a week, and to me, seven years then with seven years was a long time. Sure. <laughs> so I, I said, uh, I can't do it. So he went back in and told Sam, and so he came back out and said, "Mr. Casper wants to see you." I said, "Okay." And I was very nervous and very young, and but I just knew what that I couldn't do. And so I went in there and he said, so I understand, he took the cigar, cigar out of his mouth. He said, I understand that you want, you don't want to do this, uh, this, this movie. I said, no, well, uh, Mr. Casper, I'm very sorry, I, I can't. He said, well, I tell you what I'm going to do with you. And by that time, I was shaking a little bit in my boots. <laughs> and I said, what's that? And he said, you do this movie for me. And then you never work for me again. <laughs> and I said to myself, that's just what I want. And so, so I did the movie. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? It's, just, it's so, it's it's so, it's it's so real. So Hollywood. Well, I have yeah. to say, you're 20 or 21 years old. I'm watching the movie. TCM, Turner Classic Movies, ran it uh, uh, not too long ago. And you're you're very smooth. You're very natural on camera for a kid who's who's not done anything like this before. Well, I went to the Russia. They told me, don't go to the, don't go to the Russia's. You'll ruin your performance. I, no, I had to go to the Russia's because I caught myself in the early scenes. Of every time I was talking to the girl, the, the love interest, I would look down, be shy and look down. It was awful. I saw that and I stopped doing it. So, you know, there's stuff that uh, I learned. I learned a lot on that movie. Now, folks, a special treat from one of your own members, a swell student, a grand guy, Riff Manton. rock and roll it you can even stroll it saxophone will blow it just come on and go it you don't have to know it all you have to do is free keep the beat and bop it you can really rock it take your gal and hop it don't you ever knock it you can never top it all you have to do is free Rock and roll it, you can even stroll it. The saxophone will blow it, just come on and go it. You don't have to know it, all you have to do is breathe.
There's that great scene where you're all doing the dance craze, which is the freeze. Yeah. Which is a novelty song that you're singing. I recommend that our listeners find it. You can find it online. You're very you're very natural and you're very oh, charismatic, again, for a guy who's been put in this situation for the first time. But Gilbert, uh, co-stars in that film, George Jessel, Hans Conried. Oh, man. Uncle Tanoose. Yeah. And, and the legendary Fritz Feld. Oh, my That's God. That's right. That's right. Tell, and, tell us about all the, I, 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 I could hear about those actors for an entire show. Well, first <laughs> of all, uh, 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 Hans Conrad enabled me to be better in that movie every time I was with him in a scene than any other time. I mean, he was such a wonderful actor. Everything became so real. Um, and nobody was coaching me except that the one, one time, I mean, I was at that time uh, a student of the actor's studio uh, uh, Hollywood version, which wasn't like the New York version, but you know, I, I learned about sense memory and motivation. And so I'm standing next to Brian Donlevy, who was from the old school. And that, that was a, like a, the Del Sart method was, um, you know, kind of making f facial expressions, but it wasn't coming from the, the heart. He was a wonderful actor, though. He did a great job. I'm not putting him down. So anyway, so I'm standing next to him, and the director says, um, okay, I want you to go go walk over. And when he said that line, I want you to walk over and look out the window. So I said, okay. So then I turned to, to, uh, to, to Brian Dunleavy, and I said, what would be my motivation for going to the window? He said, don't give me that actor studio crap, kid. Just go to the mm -mm window. <laughs> you, you, you're free to use profanity on this show, Jack. Well, you know. <laughs> so Hans Conried was generous to you as an as a, as a as oh, an actor. Yeah. As an actor, that's nice so to you, hear. You learned a lot about acting from Hans Conried. Well, well, I did, and he didn't have to tell me anything. He was just portraying this person uh, he was playing a guy who was a dress designer and he, and he was just doing such a great job and, and I just but I, he just made me better in his the scenes I did with him and, and of course Fritz Feld we love here uh, oh, tell yeah. us about Fritz he had the, he had the one shtick which was the mouth pop remember the mouth thing and the, <laughs> and the, and the clicking of the heels and the clicking of the heels there he's always yeah. Yeah, always <laughs> played he, a major D he, yeah, yeah, so, Maitre or, D or the head of the hotel. That's right. You know, right away, sir, and then he'd pop his mouth. They made a documentary about Gilbert's life a few years ago, uh, Jack, and I bring it up because it ends with Gilbert uh, waxing poetic for about five minutes about Fritz Feld. Yes. Wow. <laughs> That's great. No, he <laughs> found that one piece of stick, and it always yeah, worked. He wrote it for yeah. 70 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did, and he, I mean, he played he, a dress designer. That and, and, and I sang at the, the the showing of dresses for this mm -hmm. princess from from Europe, and uh, that I was in love with, and and, uh, and he introduced me to, to sing before the showing, which I did, and he and he he said, "And here he is, Riff Minton." And then you do the the clicking of the heels and the can't do it. you can't hear it. The Jack's, try, Jack's trying to do yeah. the pop. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to do it. Yeah. Nobody could do it like he did. There you go. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's it. it. You got it. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and did you, did you interact with Jess a little? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he just did a, a, a nightclub thing, uh, one, one long scene about... Uh, about you kids, you kids and your music and all this stuff. And he'd make fun of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what rock and roll hadn't come in yet. Oh, you know, it was in that movie, Willie and the hand jive. That's right. That's right. And How about think, that. I think Fritz Feld wound up even doing an episode of the odd couple. Uh, he, I believe he did. Yes. He, yes. he, he turned up he in did. everything. Now, well, now this, this is the entertainment por- uh, portion of the show, Jack, where Gilbert entertains you. Okay. He's going to do a little of his Jessel for you. Please. One bright and shining light that taught me wrong from right <laughs> I found in my mother's eyes those fairy tales she told of streets all paved with gold. I found in my mother's arms, just like an old time movie, <laughs> wandering soul. Do the, do the do the parrot bit for uh, for for Jack. Oh. oh yeah, hello, Mama, Mama. Yes, it's Georgie. Your son, Georgie, the one that sends your checks every week. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, did you get that parrot I sent you, darling? What? You you ate the parrot? Well, but that parrot spoke 10 different languages. Oh, he should have said something. <laughs> <laughs> and and his, his other one was... Oh, God. Uh, oh, oh, his other one was... Uh, how's your eyesight, darling? Uh, uh, oh, you see spots before your eyes. Well, why don't you put your glasses on? How's it now? Oh, you see the spots clearer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Frank and I were talking. You went on. You were on the road with Bob Hope to entertain the troops. Yeah, he was. He was in Vietnam. Yes, that was that. That changed my life. Um, I was, um, you know, I just didn't. I wasn't paying any attention, and I and I and I, just, I went over there and and, and experienced the, the whole thing just for two weeks. But it just, I came came home with a whole different attitude about life and about caring about people. Actually, what I did was I I, uh, I had a lot of time between, you know, we'd we'd fly, we'd get in a um, Sikorsky helicopter, and we'd fly to the next place, and there'd be, you know, there'd be things going off around us, um, flak, you know, and uh, and there wasn't Roberta, and um, <laughs> flak, and, and it wasn't Roberta. Very good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Love it. That's, that's the worst joke I ever made. Anyway, <laughs> you're on the right show. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was. Um, it, I, I had a lot of time before the show, and there'd be a fence separating us from from the the, the, the guys that were going to see the show. And so I got this this I had this tape recorder, so I went up to each guy and I said, "Listen, you want to have anything to say, say to your loved ones at home? Just talk into this and put the address, and when I get home, I'll send it out." 
And they just, they closed their eyes and just, they were in another world for a couple of minutes. And I did that and I got home and did, and, and it, it was the most, it just, it, that wasn't the kind of person I was before I got there. Wow. And uh, it, it helped me a lot. I, yeah, I know you're well aware of the clips online. There's that great clip of you singing, uh, cha changing the lyrics to Wives and Lovers because you were singing to a service woman. Yes, I was. You brought on stage. And, it's a, and, and it's and a it, lovely, it, lovely little moment. It, which accentuated my stupidity because uh, I didn't know that you, I, I called her, uh, I said, for wax should always be lovers too. And she pulled her face and, and she said, and then Bob, a voiceover, he did, he said, she's a nurse, Jack. And, uh, but it was fun, a lot of fun. How, how did you find Hope? And you worked with him a couple of times. You went to Vietnam, but you're also on a, on a handful of Hope specials. Yeah, uh, uh, he was a delightful man. He was just uh, uh, a lot of fun to be with. Um, everything was, uh, humor was his life. And um, I remember that um, I said to him on, on the plane coming back and we were sitting up and everybody else was asleep. And uh, a big C-141. And I said to him, I said, I bet you'd be happy to get home and have New Year's with Dolores and the family. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but you know, Jack, uh, I get home and I, I sit down and I go, where did everybody go? And he was just addicted to, to giving that, that form of love to everybody. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, so when he got home, it was the, 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 the absence of the audience and that, and that, that, uh, that feeling was. Well, that's what was he was telling him. me about. I mean, he, he was ex uh, exaggerating a bit. I'm sure he didn't come home and, yeah. I'd say to, to Dolores, gee, I wish I was with the. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he did. <laughs> yeah, maybe he did. Yeah. I doubt and, it. And another great comedian you worked with, Phil Silvers. Oh, yeah. I don't have any stories about him. I don't know why. Oh. Yeah. There's, there's, I think it's Hollywood Palace. He's hosting and he's making fun of your, your hair. He's making, he's doing self deprecating oh, yeah. jokes about the fact that he's short and bald. And you're a young, you're a young, handsome buck with this wonderful head of hair. And he says, "Do me a favor, just don't sing." Oh, that's right. I, I didn't remember that. That's yeah. yeah. He says, you, "He says, isn't it enough what you look like? You have to sing too. It's not fair to the rest of us." Oh God. Oh, and another comedian, Myron Cohen. Yeah, Myron opens for Jack in Vegas. You see that my first. My first headlining job in Vegas, and there, and he was so wonderful. But he always used to squint and say, "Kid, don't sit in your wardrobe." <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's, that's the biggest advice ever given. Don't sit in your wardrobe. I love it. <laughs> Tell, tell, we we touched upon this when we were we were talking last night, Jack. But tell tell us something about Vegas in those days. I mean, you played the Sands. You said Jack and Trotter was one of your early your early uh, champions and mentors. You played the Flamingo. I mean, we had Tony Sandler here. We were talking about Vegas and its heyday under yeah. under under mob rule. 
That's right. Well, I mean, it was you, you were there in the golden age, and you were part of it. I was, and and uh, I played the, the, the flamingo for, for quite some time, and mm-hmm. uh, and I had a, a, a great time doing. We used to do a whole month of two shows a night without a night off. And I remember being really tired at the end of that, but um, and that's the way Vegas was. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and it was a grind, but it was a, a, a good grind. It was exciting. And then, um, I got a call from my agent and said, uh, Mr. Entrada wants to see you. He, he said, and he has, uh, it was right after uh, Frank drove the golf cart through the window and left. <laughs> wait, wait, what were the circumstances of that? <laughs> <laughs> Sinatra drove a a, a golf cart through a glass window. And um, Cohen. Oh, Carl Cohen? Carl Cohen told him not to do something. And and you didn't know, most people didn't tell Frank not to do something. (laughs) But he did. And Sinatra got mad and took a golf cart and drove it right through the window and said, I'm not coming back. And so. Holy so Entrada calls me and, and he said, laughingly, again, we got room for a boy singer over here. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what was the nightlife like? I mean, what was you? you Obviously, it was an exhausting grind. As you just said, you were doing two shows, two shows a night, two shows a night, two shows. But a it, night. it wasn't exhausting then. It would be now to me. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it, it wasn't exhausting. And then, and, and we were looking to go out after the show and go catch something in somebody in the lounge. And, and it, it was, it was great. You know, um, um, I enjoyed every minute of it. Who, who was, who was around then? And I mean, you, you told me you knew Hackett, you knew Rickle, you, you knew Rickles. These guys were friends. I assume, well, Rick, she, I assume Shecky was somebody you came to know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah but Rickles and I started at, at a club in LA called, um, uh, uh, Oh, here I go. The, um, was it the one on La Cienega? Yeah, it was called Slate, the Slate, Slate, Brothers. Slate Brothers. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, 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 that was that's great. And that Henry Slate was a character. They were the, the Slate Brothers were a comedy act years before that, but they <laughs> they owned this club and uh, and so um, I I would sing and Henry, Henry Slate would. And I didn't know where my career was going, but but I was filling the room, and I was I was thrilled about that. And so um, Henry would say, "How about that Jack Jones? Isn't he great?" Uh, his mother must be because my mother was in the audience. His mother must be very proud of him. I know my waitresses are. <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. What was, I, what, go ahead, Gil. Oh no, I heard like those when the mob ran it. I mean, some were out and out killers. Sure. Yet they, there was no one nicer to performers than uh, these mobsters. As long, especially if you didn't work blue. Well, they they, they were nice, and if you didn't cross them, yeah. <laughs> Any yeah. any any memories? Any any memories of any dealings with any shady characters? Any anything that comes to yes. mind? That yes, you just brought one right. I wouldn't have thought of this in a million years. I was playing Pittsburgh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know after the show, there was nothing to do, and 
and and I, I was able with American Airlines. I was able to travel with my uh, uh, bumper pool table. And you could fold it up and put it, and I put it on the plane, and I would put it in in the in the hotel room, and my musicians and I would would, would play bumper pool, mm-hmm. and um, so. Uh, a woman came wandering up the stairs and, and they were standing there. And so we didn't, we just kept playing and her boyfriend, her husband came up and got very angry. And he was obviously, you know, he had, he had a black overcoat on and his hands in his pockets. So he said that he was angry with her. And he took her, took her out, the, out and around the corner in the hallway and put her up against the wall and smacked her. Well, the hero, Jack Jones, goes out and, and <laughs> to tell him that you, you, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, what? I said, you shouldn't do that. He said, do you know... Are you are you are you sure you want to talk to me like that? And so my my drummer or somebody said, "Yeah, are you sure you want to talk to him like that?" And I said, "What do you mean?" And they pointed to his hand in his pocket. And there was a gun in there. It aimed at me. Holy shit! Yeah, but that's. Then we had a lot, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Just, just keep, keep your mouth shut and and sing. Shut up and sing, kid. <laughs> shut up and sing. <laughs> but that was it. But you had to go to Pittsburgh to run in to have a run with a with a gunsel with a tough guy. Clad right radio. I am curious to know if Mr. Jones still performs Wives and Lovers live, and if he does. Uh, does he catch? Does he still catch grief in this day and age for the old lyrics? Now you you adapted over the years once that song. The, the times times change quickly for that Bacharach and David uh, song and that lyric particularly. And you you adapted by putting in what your own comical lyrics. Yeah, I did. But, but uh, in in defense, mm-hmm. um, I had to make a joke out of it, but because it was absurd. First of all, I didn't write the song. Right. And it was written by Hal. The words were written by Hal David, and. Uh, and nobody knew. I mean, everybody they asked me to to sing the song. The label did no, and so the, the whole the, the temperature of the of the the female world changed, and, sure. and and rightfully so. I mean, that's kind of you know, but but they didn't have to. People would come up to me. Women would come up. They want to hit me. You know, they were really. <laughs> yeah, well, you tell me, a woman in Boston tried to take a swing at you? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Uh, but I, I was driving a, 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 in my car. I was, I was about to drive, and she came up to my window. And I thought, it was the first time I ever, ever was scared and rolled my window up so she wouldn't hurt me. You know? <laughs> can, can, you, <laughs> <What a wuss. laughs> can you either sing or at least recite some of the more dated offensive lyrics in that song? Well, first of all, hey, little girl, comb your makeup. Soon he will open the door. Um, yeah. Comb your hair, fix whole, your makeup, yeah. yeah and the, the whole idea was that you better look good when he gets home. And, and their attitude was, well, 
what 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 am I chopped liver here? I have to look good. What about him? Doesn't he have to look good? Why are you why are you saying that? So that's the whole the whole argument. It was really the the the, the women's the, the National Organization of Women got hold of that and they they ran with it. So yeah, and and, and so, you go ahead. No, so I wrote I wrote a lyric and it's I can't reflect the whole thing, but it, hey little boy, hey little boy, cap your teeth, get a hairpiece. You know, it <laughs> went from there. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will open the door. Don't think because there's a ring on your finger, you need to try anymore. For wives should always be lovers too. Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you. I'm warning you. Oh, and. And one one actor who I always have to preface it. I met him like a handful of times, and I always have to preface it with, "Well, he was always nice to me," and that's Jerry Lewis. So, what what dealings did you have with Jerry Lewis? Well, he was always nice to me. <laughs> there you go, Jack. Touche. And I tell you, if we go back to Slate Brothers, I was talking about that. So, but he would come in there, and he would, um, the champion of what I uh, was doing, and then he had a, a two-hour, short-lived two-hour uh, television show. He put me on it as a regular, and um, and and I did the telethon every year for him, and and yeah. we were very very close friends. And yes, I know. Uh, the other side of him, but I didn't see it very often. You're lucky. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask about Wives and Lovers in a different context, in a musical context. Do you do you know a hit when you when you when somebody puts one in front of you, Jack? I um, mean, what, what's 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 been your track record over the years? So you told me the story about after the love and the Engelbert song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one that got away. Well, I would. Yes, I would. Uh, a lot of songs that there were hits, but but the 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 public didn't agree with me. But they, I I still say they were hits, but we didn't expose them properly or mm-hmm. didn't get enough play or whatever. But yeah, the um, uh, um, I was given this song by a friend of mine in the, in the publishing business, and and I said I know that's a hit, and I called the record label in New York. I was with, um, well, it doesn't matter who I was with, but I called them. I said, this is a hit. I opened, I was producing the album. I o- opened the album with it and, and, and reprised it at the end. And um, they would they refused to release it as a single. I said, you got to do that. It's a hit. No, it isn't. So they didn't. And so then I, a year later, my friend called me and said, look, it's been a year. I'm going to record this with another singer. And he did, and the song went like this. So I sing you to sleep after the lovin', right? That's it. And it was a monster hit. Yeah, and it for, was for great, great, 
Yeah, for Humber Day. <laughs> and, and I was talking to Frank earlier, and I'm supposed to ask you about the day you were conceived or how you were conceived. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, that can mean anything. <laughs> they wanted a girl, you know. No, they didn't. They, they I was um, before I was born. Um, my father and mother. This is how they met. They were at a uh, at a party, and uh, Cesar Romero and Betty Furness. Well, Cesar Romero was with my mother, and Betty Furness was with my father. And um, so. During the party, my father and mother were hitting it off, and Caesar said to Betty, "Look, I'll take you home. Let's leave them to get to know each other." And she said, "That's a good idea." And they they left, and that's that's the beginning of of, of my story, because um, years later, I, I, I was I used to see Caesar all the time, but different functions and and every time we'd, we'd say uh, say goodbye i'd say see you later dad oh that's and, great and so finally he said uh, at one point he said look can i ask you a question why do you keep calling me dad and i said because where would i be if you didn't take betty Furness home <laughs> <laughs> so your dad was at this function with betty Furness. Your mom was there with Cesar Romero. That's right. No stranger to this podcast, but Gilbert will leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and, huh? and, and by Caesar leaving with Betty, that allowed your parents. That's great. It's like Back to the Future. That's right. Yeah. And out of all your songs, you've had some major hit <clears throat> songs. The one that you could stop anybody in the street and ask them to sing is the theme to The Love Boat. Absolutely. It's a godsend that song because, uh, and I can thank Charlie Fox and and, yeah. and Paul Williams and Paul, two guys we they, had here, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we love them yeah. up here. But they called and, and said, "Would you do this?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered you called me and thought of me." And I, to Paul, I said this, and I said, "But I don't. I we always wish you a lot of luck because I don't know who's ever going to, you know, do a TV show about it about it." Uh, a cruise ship. That's how brilliant I was back then. <laughs> and then you, and then you and your dad showed up in an episode together yeah. with Dorothy yeah. Lamore. It's a sweet. It's a sweet story. I wrote it. Yeah, it's very well yeah. done. Yeah. Now, it's nice now, to see. Always nice to see the two of you together. I didn't write this, the, the the script, but I wrote the story. Yeah. Now, is there any way? Because and it's very difficult on Zoom and all this. Is there any way the two of us can try to sing Love Boat together? Uh, there must be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you'll, must be. You'll you'll sing and then stop and hand it to me, and I'll sing and. Why hand don't you? It. Because we're over yeah. Zoom and it'll have to be sewn together. Why don't you take yeah. different sections? You ready? Yes. Love, exciting. <laughs> oh, that's you. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Love exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Oh, you want it? Love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow. It floats back to you. 
The love boat soon will be making another run. You just okay, Jack, keys. now you. <laughs> you just changed keys. I like it better. The love boat. Change promises, he doesn't have a key. <laughs> promises something for everyone. Promises something for everyone. Set a course for adventure your mind on a new romance. Love won't hurt anymore. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, we missed it. New <laughs> rom rom romance and love. <laughs> won't hurt anymore. That's the foghorn. <laughs> it's an open smile on a friendly shore. I can't go up this high. It's love. Welcome aboard. It's love. And you go up. <laughs> the love boat promises something for everyone. Set a course for adventure. Gilbert, it's over. It's over, Gilbert. Oh. <laughs> not for me, it's not. <laughs> Char Char Charlie and Paul will be getting an email late tonight. Yes. You, you, you'll get a bill. You'll get a bill. Here's one, Jack, for you. This is a story about somebody who worked with you, uh, Dan Fisher. Jack and I worked on the movie American Hustle. Jack, I approached you while you were sitting at the piano between takes on the I've Got Your Number scene, and I nervously asked if you would mind performing a bit of the Love Boat theme for us, and without skipping a beat, you did. I joined in, and so did the crew. It was a wonderful experience. Scratch off a bucket list uh, moment in my life. Well, So there you go. You, were, you, you just proved Gilbert's point. A total stranger walks up to you and asks you to sing the Love Boat. You do it. I don't remember that. Was I drinking? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I want to thank you for singing the love boat with me. My pleasure. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Here's another one, Jack. Kurt Nielsen says, my uncle Graham uh, Klingsbury did the publicity for Cal Neva. When it was Cal Neva. Cal Neva, excuse me. When it was rechristened, I should know that. When it was rechristened by the Rat Pack, my uncle and my aunt were very impressed by you, but they especially fell in love with your mom. The Cal Neva? Yeah. Does this guy have this story right, or is this? Well, uh, no, I don't remember much about. I, I just remember that I was uh, I opened for uh, uh, Joey um, Lewis. Wow, Joey Lewis. Oh. Yeah. And and there's uh, a, a name. He was something, and and uh, and and uh, over for him, and then Sinatra was there, and all that was going on. The the, the, the whole thing with uh, the, the story was going on, and and I didn't know. I was, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to get the show over with. I was very nervous, and uh, and Sinatra came in to hear me for the first time, and um, I was just a kid, you know. But it was great. It was fun. Tell us about too some of these these legendary uh, musicians, arrangers, conductors that you worked with. No, I, I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you about uh, Joey Lewis. Oh, sorry. My, no, that, you didn't know. My, my father took me to see him when uh, my dad and I were working in Vegas together, and, and uh, he was playing at the El Rancho Vegas, and he and he said, "Son, you got to get. I want you to see this performer." And so I, I, I did, and I said, "Dad." 
I, mean, I didn't, but before I saw him, I said, Dad, I met him. I said, Dad, he's drunk. How is he going to, he can't possibly do this. He said, you watch. And sure enough, this man got up and did a great show. And I remember he said, a woman called up the police department. She said, uh, officer, there's a sex maniac in my room. Pick him up the first thing in the morning. I'll never forget that joke. I'll never forget that joke. <laughs> Tell Gilbert the one you told me last night, Jack, because it's so good. The one with the brothel. And, and, and tell me when, the, uh, old, the old guy goes goes to the brothel. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great, great old joke. Guy goes at, and I mean, the guy, the guy goes to the house of a repute. I used to do this in my act way back when I was a very, very young man. And um, I saw the guy goes out and he, he says, uh, uh, Madam, I, I, I want a girl. And, he, and she said, well, Papa, how old are you? I'm 80 years old today. She said, Pop, you had it. He said, I have. How much do I owe you? <laughs> so, and and the, ironically, Love it. I, I was doing an old man's voice, and, and now I am that old man. That's funny. And I don't talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. No, you sound in great voice. Thank you. Uh, Stan Merrill says, I ha I, please tell Jack that I love his cover of Little Feet's Dixie Chicken. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a fun one. That that was a fun one, and, and nobody believed that I would do that, and I did it. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. Uh, Carl Charles Santino did did Jack get any feedback from the great Randy Newman about his co his covers uh, and interpretations of uh, Randy Newman's songs? Uh, your version, by the way, I have to say, of I think it's going to rain today is quite lovely. Is uh, thank you. I never ever heard anything about it. I. Uh, uh, Randy and I have never met. Oh, really? Yeah. I just did that because actually Peggy Lee and I were friends and she pointed that out to me. And and so I did uh, the two songs. Patrick um, Williams arrangement. Yeah. Late great Patrick uh, Williams. And we'll have to get Randy on this show. We'll get Randy. We'll not only get Randy on, we'll introduce him to Jack. It's high time they had a powwow. <laughs> well, and I'm going to tell you a story on him and, and I hope he doesn't mind. Um, he was uh, having a meeting with the producers of, uh, of uh, Alice B. Toklas. Mm -hmm. and, um, and it was a very uh, drug-oriented kind of farce. And, and so he wanted to do the score. And so he came in and, and, uh, and so the pro producer, um, who apparently was smoking a little weed, um, was sitting there and, and said, go ahead, what, 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 what have you written? And, and he went through his stuff and and, uh, and they said, that's very good. Do you have anything else? And, uh, and, and it, it was said that, that Randy came up with one more title and, and, and sang, oh, um, the, the producer was a very, very big, heavy, overweight person. Mm -hmm. And so Randy said, well, I have this one. Davy the fat boy, isn't he round? Isn't he round? So that was wow he on the spot. He, he didn't, and he didn't get the job because he was sick. 
Oh, and uh, another I, show you did that was a weird show of its uh, that could only be of that time period, and that was Playboy After Dark. Well, yeah, Jack's got that great the great version of of uh, of God Bless the Child that you did on on Playboy After Dark. Isn't it interesting? Nobody would have seen that if it weren't for YouTube. You know, uh, well, it's the interesting it's thing about the internet. Yeah, all this stuff is brought back. Well, that's and I didn't I didn't like uh, YouTube when it first came came to to be, and because uh, somebody it was I was at the Palladium in London and somebody was sitting ringside and took a picture of the inside of my nose. I mean, that's that, it was me singing, but I mean, all you say saw was my nose. <laughs> And so I said, you know, I don't know about this this thing and having the rights to just do that. And uh, but now I'm I'm very grateful to because there are a lot of, there's a, there are generations that never would have known what I did. And and the funny thing is when and and it's something I'm so happy about this podcast. It's like guys like you who some generations will go, oh, who's that? They start looking you up. On oh, the yeah. internet, and then they become fans of yours. Yeah, and then and at first I, I found some things that were not very nice, and it, it just scared the hell out of me because they were saying, "Well, you know, hate and 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 I thought, God, if this goes on, I'm I'm a dead man." <laughs> 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 but it didn't. It, it, mostly, it's nice stuff. Tell me, too, about this is somebody that Gilbert and I have wanted to have on the show, and it's probably not going to work out now. But when we started this show in 2014, one of the first people, one of the first names we wrote down was Steve Lawrence, uh, who's a, 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 very cl a close buddy of yours for many, many That's years. Right. And, and That's right. Can you tell us something about him? And we know he's we know he's not doing terribly well. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, we've just been uh, buddies all these years and and non-competitive singers just uh mutual fans of each other and just it's just a, a wonderful time i'm sorry that uh, we can't do that anymore yeah but uh we tried uh, we tried hard to get them too you know well okay it, it, the reason why you can't get them was was made public but i don't want yeah. to go into it no we don't have yeah. to go into it but yeah. but what what a legend and what a what a uh, what a man of many talents. A room without windows, a room without doors. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. In in the days when singers were also funny. <laughs> when, when, yes. When, oh, when, yeah. when singers oh, like, oh, like... Oh, like, thanks a lot. Well, I mean, I mean you as well. <laughs> I, put you, I put you in that category. I, I remember Steve Lawrence popping up on the Newhart show, and he'd be hysterical. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Steve Lawrence uh, makes a pass at Bob Newhart's wife on the show. Oh my God! Well, That's it's, you know, in though it's a yeah. different it's a different era of show business because if if you're Jack Jones, if you're if you're Steve Lawrence, if you're Andy Williams, you're on television. Even Perry Como, you're on television, but you're doing comedy. You're in oh. you're in you're in comedy skits all the time. Well, he, well, he did a lot of little Carbonette shows, and he was yeah, great yeah, on oh, it. He was great on the Carbonette show. T and and on the subject of 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 longtime friendships, and I will recommend uh, I'll use this uh, I'll use this as a segue here to tell our listeners to uh, get their hands on your Tony Bennett tribute album, which is wonderful. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, 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 Jack Jones paints a tribute to Tony Bennett, but you guys 
Go and uh, it's also on YouTube. Your first TV special from '66. That's right. And great seeing the two of you together uh, doing your thing. But but tell us about Tony, who recently retired. Finally. Well, um, the, we just had a, a a friendship that had nothing to do with show business, mm-hmm. and we just talk on the phone all the time. I had the, the same relationship with uh, Peggy Lee, rest her soul, and 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 it just we just would get on and talk, and we wouldn't talk about necessarily show business, but we just talk, and and so. Um, we never worked together except that on my show in in Canada that I did that you mentioned at the top of the show. Um, he, he came on with me and we did a whole thing together. It was great. And I, I have that clip. I, I run it all the time. It's fun. It's the Delic only because Dela Croce promised is that you, you do a little Tony Bennett, don't you? you do a little. I can't do that now. It's just, okay. it, it, it would be disrespectful. Okay. Um, because, you know, he can't answer me. Oh. Why can you tell us about Don Rickles? Oh, another great guy. Uh, Rickles is, was a, a, a wonderful man. Oh. They don't, they, to, they don't make him say, like him. Jack, he was pointing in, in the audience. Uh, there's Jack Jones. He, he, I saw him today on the street. He was... Yeah, uh, his father was following him, pulling a mule, saying, wait up, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make Red Fox's acquaintance at any point in Vegas? Uh, just briefly. Briefly. Just briefly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great list of names, you know, and I, I, I go online and I look at these pictures of you, uh, uh, these old Vegas marquees with you performing at, at, uh, at various casinos, and it's fun to see – Myron Cohen on the bill with you and Joanne Worley on the bill with you at the Oh yeah. At yeah. the at the at Oh the, and at the Charlie Sands. Callis. Did you work with Charlie Callis? Yes, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just we just took a lucky guess. Yeah. <laughs> you must have had every comic from the sixties at some point open for you. Well, just I did about. a lot, but but you brought brought a, you brought a story to mind about about uh oh who opened for frank's a, a lot oh pat, pat henry pat henry oh yes. yeah yeah sure okay so there's a, a wonderful story about him uh they were playing charades and frank got mad and threw picked up a little clock from the coffee table and threw it against the wall and uh and and he and he said, as time goes by, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Andrew McCallum says, all I can say is that this man recorded the best version of Angel Eyes ever recorded, better than Sinatra, better than Tony Bennett, perhaps not better than Gilbert. <laughs> And J.J. James, and I know this is an impossible question to answer, Jack, and you've been asked it a hundred times, I'm sure. Uh, do you have a favorite song that you have recorded, or do you at least have a favorite song at this moment in time? I, I am personally very fond of I Am a Singer. Of, well, of, I am, from, too. From I mean, your I, repertoire. I, I started, I was the first one to sing that song. And it's the, a good and one. The, um, 
Do you do you have any where you you you, you give it a listen now and you say and you say God damn it that's good. I got well, that I got that right. I was in the pocket. Um, I'm just. I'm going to sound like a typical singer. Well, I just finished this album, <laughs> <laughs> and I did, and it was with a huge orchestra, and and uh, and it's all about it's it's all the ballads that I always wanted to do or wanted to do over. Oh, and there that's are a lot of songs on there that I just and, and it and it and it works and it and um, it's just it's just a great album. It'll be out sometime uh, later this year. Okay, is that the one we plugged at the top? No. Oh, oh, no, 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 the one we plugged is, is out now. The one that we plugged is out now. So this is another one in the pipeline. Yes, and and I already booked your show for that. Good, good. You are <laughs> you, you are extremely prolific. Uh, this is what I wanted to ask you about, Jack. Is your acting career? You're in the Rat Patrol. Gilbert and I were having a laugh at at uh, at some of these great things that you did in the in the in the '60s and '70s. You turn up on a Macmillan and Wife and Police Woman. And later in your career, you went on the road. You did a lot of theater. Yeah. Is a, yeah. is is acting a chore for a guy who's really a singer, or or do you find some some satisfaction and pleasure in it? Well, I was um, back in the in the day when I, I was doing the, the Catsman movie. Yeah. I mean, I was studying acting, and and uh, and I really wanted to be an actor and and a singer and and which whichever came first i was happy i would have been happy to have oh i didn't know that yeah and so um i kept at it and i was very very happy if somebody offered me a role i could do and i and i improved i think and uh so that that, it's a great love of mine actually and i went on the road with man of la mancha and that yeah that was really an experience for me i'll bet and you got to sing your big number did that, but uh, um, I, I worked with uh, some actors who had done the, the show a lot, and uh, I learned from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you 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 found pleasure in it. It wasn't it wasn't uh, because you set out to. Oh no, it's very go down either road. It's not easy. Yeah, and, I can imagine. And and and, 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 and uh, Man of La Mancha, you're only, only off the stage for ten minutes. And you're feeding everybody else their their, their cues, so you you have to really know this. You can't uh, not re- remember your line, but get it because somebody f- said the setup to it. Mm-hmm. You're setting everybody else up. It's really mm-hmm. really something. I'll just throw this out because Jim got a huge kick out of this. You're in a movie called The Comeback, and your co-star in that movie, Pamela Stevenson, later in life became my psychotherapist, and that's yours. True. Yeah. That's true. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. She's married it, it, to the comedian Billy no, Connolly. No, I know. I know that. Yeah. I know yeah. that. And, and, uh, Did and, she uh, lose her job? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela, Pamela Connolly. She changed her name. Well, at least she, she saw yeah. patients under the name Pamela Connolly. She was, my, uh, she was my therapist in Beverly Hills for a time. She was in Beverly Hills? Yeah, in the 90s. Oh my God. In the 90s. She, she doesn't then, brag about it. <laughs> it's not on her. It's not <laughs> on her resume. No, no, no. But 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 um, it was so funny because here's this, this gorgeous woman, and and I was doing the Palladium at night, mm-hmm. and I was worn out, and I I knew my my resistance was low, and and we started the movie, and she had a cold, 
and I refused to, to do the kissing scene. We moved it till later because I wouldn't kiss her because I didn't want to get a cold. Very smart. <laughs> it's Very beautiful. Smart. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If to our listeners, they would know Pamela Stevenson from uh, from Mel Brooks' History of the World and yeah. and, 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 and many other roles. Um, I got it. And, and I want to throw in this bit of trivia too, Gilbert. Jack's movie that we were talking about before, uh, Jukebox Rhythm, was on a double bill with The Tingler. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Vincent Price horror movie, which our, our fans would get a kick out of. It's a little Scream fun history. Scream for your lives. Scream the tingler loose in the theater. <laughs> oh, God. That's his Vincent Price, Jack. <laughs> oh, I knew him, too. I, he was you knew Vincent movie. Price? Oh, tell oh, us about yeah. Vincent Price. Well, I, I just know him. We'd see him at parties, and, and he, he was a very nice man, and he didn't scare me a bit. <laughs> you got around, my friend. Wow. Yeah, I've been you, around. Got, you got around. These these wonderful, I was starting to say before, these wonderful arrangers and composers and and lyricists. And we just lost uh, recently your friend Marilyn Bergman, our condolences, by the way. Oh, yeah. And Leslie Brickus, we just lost uh, another another giant. I know I Gilbert's know. a fan. I told you last night, Gilbert's a fan of Neil Hefty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you are... You are doing the Lord's I've, work. I, I, I've been doing one of his songs. Yeah. And, and girl talk, and but I, I, I wrote a special lyric to it, and, and they they like to they, they like to do it. They call it Botox, Botox. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've lost so many of these people, Michelle Legrand and Henry Mancini and Hefty and Billy May and, and Aznavour and all these wonderful people that you work with. And you, I was starting to say, you're doing something, you are keeping these people's memories alive. You're, you're, you're keeping the flame burning. Um, it's important. Well, I promised them that I would. No, it's just a <laughs> bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> With, with no. jokes like that, you could be my opening act. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my point is it's nice. Topped to again. I was topped again. You were topped. It, it, yeah. It's it's nice that that someone is still singing this these songs. That somebody is still yeah. keeping these artists' memory and this 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 great work alive. Well, I'm very very, uh, uh, and I'm very um, grateful to be able to do it. What kind of guy was uh, was Mancini? Struck me as an interesting very shy fellow. man. Shy, very shy, shy, man. And, shy and quiet. Yeah, and and he had Grammys up, up on this ledge in his living room that went all the way across the whole living room, just on nothing but Grammys. And but a very shy man, and he but he excelled at sitting down and creating this these wonderful arrangements and songs and whatever very quiet man what kind and of person henry, was nelson henry mancini in his early days i think wrote a lot of science fiction scores he did in the early yeah. days yeah i did. didn't know that probably to pay the bills yeah wow. what, what kind of guy was nelson riddle i mean there's another towering figure uh I, in the american songbook I did one album with him, and then I worked with him uh, on a PBS special that I hosted. I, been, I never got to know him very well, but he was very, very, and again, very quiet, very unassuming. Mm -hmm. 
The night you did God Bless the Child, the, the Gilbert was talking about Playboy After Dark. Do I have this right? Was James Brown in the room? Yes. He was. And we became, uh, we had worked on the Hollywood Palace together. And so um, uh, it, it, it was, it, I was I was very surprised how he was um, reacting to my music. And he was very, uh, he just loved all kinds of music. He was quite a performer. Wow. I can't think of anybody this man didn't work with, Gilbert. You worked with no. Count Basie. You worked with Count Basie too. Yes. Wow. I know you know your way around comedy, Jack. So here's a question: Would you tour with Gilbert and the Sunshine Boys? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I know my way around comedy. <laughs> <laughs> What about Gleason? Before we let you out of here, we're just going to throw, throw some names in, in your lap and 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 uh, almost like word association. If you could give us like one thought, Gleason. Yeah. Um, uh, generous and big. That's it. How about Red Skelton? Oh, uh, shy and 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 naughty. Shy and naughty. Uh, oh, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, we heard that about him. Yeah, I well, he loved that. He loved to do the dirty hour before we went on. We did a dress rehearsal, and it was disgusting. We were. All, <laughs> <laughs> That's what we heard. I heard a yeah. lot of times oh, yeah. on yeah. Red Skelton when you, when the actors who are on it would start laughing, they were remembering the original version that he told in the dress rehearsal, where it was really filthy. Yeah. But then, then, yeah, I guess so. It, it, it just would, we just loved to break up in, uh, on the real show. It was, it was fun when we, when we lost it. It was great. Because that was the way Carol Burnett was. And when, when they would lose it, when Harvey Corman and, oh, yeah. You know, Conway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's another name I'm going to ask you about because it's, uh, the, the, it's uh, her centennial year, her hundredth year, Judy Garland. Somebody you uh, work with as a young singer. A wonderful, wonderful woman. She, uh, to me, she was, she was so, and but one thing I noticed about her, she would, if you uh, were, were addressing her or, or singing, mm -hmm. um, she, hello, I heard the dog. That's Gilbert's. That's Gilbert's <laughs> yes. dog. I know. I wondered if I was ever going to hear it, the dog. It wasn't the dog. It was me. <laughs> the moon. Came so anyway, so, so but she would she would never ever be distracted and look and talk to anybody. She was all yours if you were talking to her or singing to her. And Frank Sinatra was the same way. He, I, I played in front of him, and he. It was totally uh, polite, and, um, and but so anyway, Judy was that way, and and uh, and the, the show we did the Christmas show is I, yeah. I watch it and I uh, and I watch it like I cavell. You cavell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I don't to know see any other. No, no, any other word, word. I'm not Jewish, but I just. But it's always been a word I've, uh, I use. <laughs> it's great to see the two of you. Together. And uh, she came to see you live. Yes, at, yeah. the, at the Coconut Grove. The Coconut Grove. Yeah. Yeah. 
You 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 were you were around for so much wonderful show business, Jack. So the heyday. I mean, you know, Coconut yeah. Grove, and I'm 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 sure I'm sure you played. Uh, I'm sure you played the, uh, all of the all of these big clubs, and Vegas right. is and Vegas is heyday. Yep, and, and and it was it was I played I played so many hotels. I played the uh, uh, Flamingo, the yeah. Sands. And, and 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 I kept playing these hotels over the years, and they all imploded behind me. Wow! You know, every, yeah. every time I close, about about a year later, they blow it up and get put, build a new one. And I, pretty soon, I had to pick up my pace and get out of there. Did you ever play the Copa? Oh you sure. Know, did you did you run into uh, Jules Podell? Okay. Uh, did I run into Jules Podell? <laughs> As, as we used to say, that's another show. But, <laughs> okay. So Jules Fidel would sit up in, in, in the in the lounge, and you would have to have an audience with him after your first show. Uh-huh. And so and you'd sit and make conversation with him. And and he was kind of a, a, a man from the street and he would talk like this, and you would be, be very intimidated by it. And he had a big ring; he'd bang it on the table. He was mad, and so. But um, there was a, a comedy team um, playing there one time, uh, Forbes and Villa. Remember them? And uh, I Joey can't Villa? say I do. I can't say I do. What were they called? Well, Forbes and Villa. Forbes and Villa, Gil. Mean anything yeah, yeah. to you? No. Wow. You never heard of them? Okay. No. Wow. We so thought Jim, we knew every comedy team. Yeah. So 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 Bedell never saw the, the act before the show, but that in this particular day he was coming through and they were rehearsing. And so Bedell said, Hey kid, are you funny? And Joey said nervously, he said, No. So and then he walked out. So so they, they did their opening show. And they had to go up and meet him in the lounge. And um, they sat down and Joey said, Mr. Fidel, how'd you like our show? Kid, I like you. You keep your weight. <laughs> Put great. that together. That's great. <laughs> and, uh, A legendary character. Oh, Gil, I'm I'm running out of cards here, so I'm gonna yeah. plug I'm gonna plug Jack. Jack, how often do you host Seriously Sinatra on Sirius XM? Um, I'm just finishing the the second time, and and they played the first one I did about five or six times over the years. Okay, and so they 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 couldn't wait to get me back years later. The new album, as Gilbert mentioned, is Every Other Day I Have the Blues, and that is about. Um, it was written by a guy named Dave Tull, mm -hmm. who was a drummer. He used to play drums a lot for Barbara Streisand, and um, and he's a wonderful singer and, and a writer. And so he wrote this song about about a, uh, as a as as a send up to to Joe Williams every every day. I have the blues. It just struck him funny because this guy was a very wealthy man. He was he was complaining about his life, and uh, so he wrote this song. About, uh, about he was uh, every other day I have the blues, 
And on the day I, you know, and, and I get the blues because some of my, my servants were, were making noise coming up the stairs. And I'm trying to take a nap and my Ferrari is in the shop and, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's very, very funny. It's very cute. It's a so, funny, it's a funny so. title. Yeah. And what else, what else do you want to uh, plug or promote? Yeah, obviously you've got another pi- uh, album in the pipeline. I already recommended too the um, the Tony Bennett uh, album, which is just a very sweet tribute. All my tomorrows, you do such a great job with that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, anyway, that was a, a, a great experience for me. I enjoyed that doing that album, and with Mike Renzi, who was then my piano player. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a classic because of him. So we made this that album in uh, uh, Nashville, and it was a great modern studio in this guy's house, but he had not much room to have musicians in there. And so we had to put the bass player upstairs in the, in the master bedroom, and uh, we communicated, and we had run, ran lines and stuff, and it all was beautifully recorded. But the, there was no soundproofing, so we had to pay a guy to, uh, and we would communicate with him and say, okay, we're, we're, we're rolling again. And the guy would start feeding the dog next door. So it wouldn't bark. <laughs> <laughs> and you told me he got a credit on the album. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, yes, we, he did. we have to employ someone for, uh, for our Zoom calls for the same reason. Uh, Jack, uh, keep on keeping on. Keep, keep going strong. Hey, thank you very 60, much. Uh, if I did the math right, uh, you, your first year in show business, fifty-eight, give or take. Your I don't know. I haven't done. So, I haven't looked at it. Well, it said on your website that two thousand and eight was your fiftieth year in show business. So I did a little math. So, t- uh, so very 20, clever. That's very clever. Yeah, I, I, I'm quick. <laughs> they don't give this this job to just monkeys, Jack. So and and uh, so by that by that uh, arithmetic, in twenty twenty three next year will be your sixty fifth year in show yeah, business. I think, I think I'll make something out of it. I think you should. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I think you and Gil, what well, you and Gilbert should do something together. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for playing with us and doing this, and thanks to Jim. This is fun, and I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad. I'm thank glad we you. did yeah. it. Too. We, we want to thank Gino Salamone, who also chased you for two years. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I'm so, sorry about that, but that's uh, okay. Uh, we knew we knew if one Italian guy didn't get you, the other one would. Jack, thank you so much. Thanks for the music. Thanks thank, for the thanks for the decades of entertainment. Thank you very thank much you. for having me. I appreciate it very and much. And thank you again for singing with me. Yeah, we're I, so- I blanked it out already. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Jack gets the last zinger. Yeah. So <laughs> This has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. And we've been talking to the great Jack Jones. Set a course for adventure, your mind on a new romance. Love. <laughs> Jack is throwing in the, the ship the ship noises. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gino. Thank you, Jim Thank De La Croce. You. See you later, guys. Thank you, Jack. Thank, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, Thank you're you. The, you're the best. You're a trooper. Okay. I am a singer. I work at night. 
I stand in front of you and hold my notes up to the light. I tune up all my secrets and hang them on my voice. I have no other talent. I have no other choice. I am a singer. I do the balance. I do the blues. You know, no matter what, I got a song for you to use. I step inside my feelings and spread my story out. And when the chorus calls me, it proves without a doubt. I am a singer. I remember every melody that ever danced my way from last night's solo concert to my part in the high school play. I remember every songbook that I lived through page by page. And how I came to love you once you let me on the stage. I'm a singer. I sing your songs. I bring. 